Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Today, we're going to talk about Don Quixote and more importantly, his homeboy here. You know, I mean, Sancho Panza was just a nice little guy. Very devoted follower of Don Quixote, very, very humble farmer. But he wasn't crazy and he kind of saw through things. And but he followed his master through all these journeys because. Oh, shit, he trusted Don Quixote. He believed in Don Quixote. But Don Quixote was out there hallucinating giants swinging at him when they were really windmills, hence the term tilting at windmills and so forth. But there was old Sancho. And what, what, did, what did he do? What, what did old Sancho Panza do? He was always there breaking his back trying to tell Don Quixote, hey, listen, man, what you think you see there isn't there. As Don Quixote comes riding through a, a field of sheep, thinking that they're a conquering army and slaying all the sheep. And I mean, it, it was one thing after another, after another. And you could kind of see a similar pattern with the progressive movement. As we follow people into battle, these great noble causes into battle, super wonderful noble causes like ending student debt or Medicare for all, etc. But they're always led by Don Quixote-like people, people that don't understand the most basic aspects of this thing that they're putting forward. I mean, it's incredibly noble to fight for removing debt from the little people. It's incredibly noble to try and give everyone health care. It's incredibly noble to do all these things. But just like a rocket, a rocket is a trajectory, right? And up to a certain point, everything's okay. Then once you hit the point where you break through the atmosphere and you cut away the rest of the rocket and you're just going into space, things can go wrong there, right? And so what happens? We start cutting corners and we start coming up with fake ideas, things that aren't real. We start making up stories. We come up with a fantasy world to fill in the gap that we don't know how to explain. And same thing has happened in particular with things like student debt. You know, invariably, every time we get into battles trying to clear the runway for major program proposals, we have the great idea. The great idea is there. It's a beautiful idea. Do this thing, and you're going to make people whole. Do this wonderful thing, and you're going to make everyone whole. But as they go deeper into the problem, it's like they get to this like dead end, this cul-de-sac, this sort of point of no return. And like one of those like 1980s 8-bit type you know, games, the robot just walks right into the wall. It just keeps walking into the wall. Same exact. Thing over and over and over again, walking into the wall. 
Why do you suppose that is? What do you think is going on there? Well, I'll tell you what happens. Each time these proposals, these ideas get out there, the same group of people is out there leading the way. And the same group of people can't explain to you how to pay for it. Because before you ever get to critical mass, you've got the people over here that have already paid their student debt and they don't want to pay for your student debt. So they automatically are starting from a position of, how come you didn't pay for my student debt? How come you, I should pay for your decisions? Why should I pay for all of your stuff? And this battle, before we even get to the top, till we get to the, the cherry on top of the Sunday, we start tilting at windmills and we start trying to come up with excuses and explanations. And the more and more it happens, the more preposterous it sounds. The ridiculous combat that we go into, well, you're just selfish. Well, why wouldn't you want to do for someone else? I'm willing to pay more for healthcare. Why shouldn't you? All these things, they, they just, they're like feel good stories, but they don't say anything. Cause at the end of the day, if the person wanted you to have healthcare paid for by them, they would have already signed up for it. You're not convincing them of anything. They don't want to pay for your health care. It might be selfish as hell, but unfortunately, we haven't outlawed selfishness yet in this country. Selfishness is still alive and well, and quite frankly, it's probably all the rage. So how might we get past these things so we're not constantly Sancho Panza? How do we avoid being the little farmer dude running next to the Nina Turners of the world or next to the other groups, all your favorite people that are charging through to tell everybody how great these ideas are, but then they get down to the pay for it. It all disintegrates. It all disintegrates on command, like without any flinch at all, it disintegrates. How do we get past that? Well, I tell you how we get past that. We've got to stop allowing people to believe that the pay-for story is just some weird, wonky, theoretical thing. The fact is the real practical application of finance, of economics, of understanding the way a sovereign government, a currency-issuing government spends isn't some sort of just nebulous idea. It is the answer that unlocks the door to the Sancho Panzas of the world that are trying desperately to get into the delusional Don Quixotes of the world. And we are surrounded by Don Quixotes, people that think they're going to knock their way to a future revolution. Door knocking, door knocking, right? I've talked about this countless times. But it's the same repetitive behavior. And as you look, Student debt is one of the most important things ever. I mean, we're up to like $1.6, $1.7 trillion. In student. It might even be more than that. Hell, it might be $2.1 trillion at this point. I don't know. I don't have the number in front of me because it keeps going up, 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 up. And it just grows and grows and grows. And the problem with this is if you take it in piecemeal, if you just eradicate student debt, which, by the way, doesn't even require a congressional act. Joe Biden could sign an executive order yesterday to get rid of it. And why does this matter? Well, Joe Biden once again has now punted the student debt bomb is not going to hit in May now. It is now moved out to August. Yay for a lot of people on one level, 
But my God, the start stop. I mean, we're talking about thousand dollar bills, monthly bills in some cases, maybe even more than that suddenly could drop on you like a freaking napalm bomb, just boom, right on you, incinerate your ass, right? $1,000 out of thin air coming out of a pandemic with stagflation. But there you are freaking holding this nut in your hands. This is one aspect of the problem because it's a point in time. You eradicate the debt. Okay, so what? Well, more debt is coming. Colleges are still raising prices. All this stuff is still going on. The same fundamental flaw that creates the problem is still there. So it's incredibly important on one hand to get rid of the existing student debt. But it's important to understand that getting rid of that student debt doesn't clear the problem. It's You're not even halfway through the problem. But that sounds like an awful lot. That sounds like a huge amount of money to have to deal with. Where are we going to get all this money? And so you get into the Don Quixote fights, the Don Quixote fights, the taxpayer dollar fights. Folks, it's embarrassing when you know better. Watching all the tilting at windmills. Oh my God, the Republicans raided Social Security. Whatever shall we do? Social Security is going bankrupt. Oh my, risk to the forehead. The Don Quixote battles, the fake fraudulent finance battles, the fake fraudulent taxpayer dollar battles. Sancho is just sitting there shaking his head going, Don, what are you doing? Don, there's no such thing as taxpayer dollars, my friend. Taxpayer dollars are deleted, Don. Don's like, garbage. To war we go, Sancho. To war we go, we shall fight to make the rich pay their fair share, to to battle. How else can we eradicate student debt? But you gotta understand there's a reason why student debt is there to begin with, even though the federal government could wipe it out instantly. There's a couple of things. Number one, debt is a tool of discipline that the capital class and the political class use to discipline labor, to keep labor hungry. If you understand the dollar, the tax serves as an obligation to begin with, the need for currency. By issuing a tax, you need the currency. Well, by keeping you in student debt, by making college kind of like the entryway to an entry-level job, they have strapped you down with a need to earn currency, to need to work, regardless of what's going on. This ball and chain is not just a debt ball and chain. It's an intentional debt ball and chain. That debt ball and chain is there to discipline you, to keep you needing to be working for the man. If you didn't have this huge debt bubble on your back, you might make a lot of different choices with your life. A lot of choices that right now are not available to you. So you are a debt slave. But all these conversations mean nothing because you're still moralizing. I can hear the right wing now saying, hey, you didn't have to go to college. There's nobody said you had to go to college, right? You took on that debt knowingly. And then I can hear the other, the the new nihilists saying, well, there's no point in getting educated because college is a scam and you know, all this shit, right? Oh, education, who the fuck needs it? 
right? Well, I need it. I want it. Give me more, right? I hate being a Dumbo, right? So Dumbos are like Don Quixotes in their own right. They're nihilist Don Quixotes. We need a Sancho Panza waiting in the wings for them too, right? But it's almost like that thing with Roddy Roddy Piper, them or it, what are they or whatever, where they have the glasses and you can see them all kind of like Mars attacks kind of thing. I mean, really, we're talking about like some fucking next level shit here with the people. They don't have the ability to see these things. And they're still looking over their shoulder, waiting for permission from their favorite politician to go with whatever the new narrative is. They're still waiting for permission. Think about this. They're looking at each other like, which one of you are going to break rank and say the truth? Oh, my God, I'm so scared. Herd animals. So we need a lot more, a lot more Sancho Panzas, a lot more people telling people, working their ass. And you can see it. Many of us MMTers are out there telling people this stuff. In every fight, you feel like you've got to be the Sancho Panza, don't you? Every fight, you feel like you've got to be the asshole that comes into the room and goes, guys, guys, your story about the Federal Reserve, while it's certainly spicy, some spicy language, some, some really spicy, enticing storylines here, is really better left for James Bond than actually trying to fight for policy, right? All this spicy flavoring that we keep getting this is where the movement is. They're literally tilting at windmills because they won't find the value in understanding how federal finance works. And so I'm telling you right now, once you take away the idea that your tax dollars or their tax dollars are paying for your bad decisions, the conversation changes dramatically. It's almost like a new conversation for you and them. Because I came from that Republican background. Folks, I have the, I don't know whether you want to call it the bliss or the misery of looking at my Facebook memories and going back to like 2010 and reading some of the commentary that I'm putting out there. And I'm just shaking my head. And I'm like there, but by the grace of God. Well, wait a minute. Go I, that is me, right? That was me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And so I've got a little bit of experience in knowing the talking points of the Sig Heil right wing, fucking fascist self-centered bastards that are all bootstrap. And I get it. I know I once was one of them. And just because some folks have a D in front of their name doesn't mean they're not radical right wing fascist pieces of shit. Too. So you're relying on their common decency. You're relying on their common decency to kick in for them to suddenly feel passion and compassion for you to want to get rid of your debt. You have to make the case that they're not on the hook to pay for your bad decisions or good decisions or lifestyle choices or whatever. Because they're not, the taxpayer myth has been there as a disciplinary tool of creating others, different people. We pay our taxes, you're a slacker. You didn't pay your taxes, you suck. 
You don't deserve to live. You're horrible. You're wicked. You're a loser. You're an idiot. You know, you're a microphone abuser, all the rest of it, right? And so this whole thing has been there to elevate the landowner class too, going way back. We're talking about the people that do good, the, the, the vision of what goodness is. Their entire identity is based in being good. They think they're good because they paid their taxes. They paid their student loans. They did these things. They think they're good because of it. And they really believe it, folks. This is not like, like some myth. They really believe that. They feel like they skipped the party on Friday night. They stashed away 10% of their paycheck to make sure that they paid their debts on time. Why should you get out of your debt? This is what you're left with if you don't understand the economics of it all that removes that entire conversation out of the mix. So as you watch Nina Turner in D.C. the other day and you watch other folks going around talking about student debt, it's important to understand that the federal government creates money every time it spends. And that if it gets rid of money and deletes money or, or purges debt, that it's no slack off their back either because they create money out of thin air. Your money doesn't matter to them. What matters is the loan servicing companies, the intermediaries that get to skim off the, the, the fees. That's how that matters. So you've got a succubus, you've got a parasite in the middle doing nothing more than servicing loans that you don't even need, that they don't even need to put on you, but they got on you to keep you stuck, to keep you locked in, to discipline you. This economic story is so vital and it's so simple. They obfuscate it. These Dumb fucks sit there and come out with, oh, but executive order 11110 and Kennedy and silver certificates like you've never heard it before. Oh, my God, do tell. And you just want to prop your hands up and just do tell. Oh, do tell. You want to just get all spicy with it, prop yourself up and just listen to them drone on about the Federal Reserve and the Rothschilds. You just go, do tell. I've never heard this story before. Oh my God, you mean if they print money, there'll be inflation? You just want to get all buttercuppy with them and swoon over them because their knowledge is like so profound. Oh, but the Rothschilds. Oh, but this. Oh, but that. These are Don Quixote moments. They are truly Don Quixote in that moment, man. They are tilting at windmills, like in the worst possible way. You've got to be there, Sancho. You got to be Sancho Panza. And you got to tell them, dude, man, the dollar is nothing more. Folks, pretend like I say, hey, Grumbine, how much do you weigh? I don't know. I think I weigh about $290. That's about what a dollar is. It's a pound, an inch, or this, or that. It's a unit of measure because you see it represented in a piece of paper doesn't mean that's a dollar. It's a coupon representation of an inch, a pound, or whatever. It's a unit of measure. It's a tax credit, nothing more, nothing precious about it. Nothing precious about it. Sancho can tell you. 
Don't be Don Quixote. Oh, but my hard-earned tax dollars. The United States government creates dollars out of everything I got. If I don't have me some tax dollars paying for this stuff, country's going to go broke. It's all up in the world. I don't know how to deal with it. Fuck, man. Goddamn, we're all going to die. That right there is some freaking straight-up Don Quixote bullshit. Some straight-up Don Quixote nonsense. So it's important to take the emotion out and say, man, I'm telling you what, man, if my tax dollars were paying for so-and-so's college degree, I probably wouldn't say yes. But you know what? Now that I know that tax dollars don't have nothing to do with it, why in the world do I want them to be a debt slave? Uh, let's go ahead and free them, man. Let's let them fucking, you know, lead a life more abundant. Maybe they'll help me someday in the future. Now, all of a sudden, you got a different conversation. You're like, what? Taxes don't pay for this stuff? Are you kidding me? No, nah, man, straight up tax don't fucking pay for it. Why in the world do I care what they do now? It's not my hard-earned tax dollars paying for shit. I'm not paying for Israel. I'm not paying for the war machine. I'm not paying for their college either. I can be a selfish son of a bitch and be okay with them having a free ride. Why is that? Because it's not costing me a fucking cent unless you allow these politicians to continue to lie and tell you that it's your hard-earned tax dollars paying for stuff, okay? These are things that just go back in time, and Milton Friedman created an entire army of Don Quixotes. The Don Quixotes fighting the quantity theory of money. They're running around with their friggin' lance on their skinny horse, neck beard intact. You can almost see them like Will Ferrell in, uh, you know, Wedding Crashers. And he's like, hey, mom, the meatloaf. Mom, the meatloaf. Right? You can see this. Don Quixote at play. Hey, dude, I, I'm kind of over the whole wedding scene. I think I'm going to start going maybe to funerals, dude, because the women are so ripe for the taking, right? I mean, this is Will Ferrell. And Owen Wilson's like, wow, man, let me be your Sancho. Hansa, except he went to the damn funeral and found out, shit, I can pick up women at a funeral too. But at least he snapped out of it. He still had enough Sancho Panza inside of him. He was like, fuck that, that dude's nuts. I can't be following that shit. Every time I see one of my kindreds, one of my fellow comrades out there talking about taxpayer dollars, and I realize they are in full Don Quixote mode, all I can do is shake my head because we're surrounded. Folks, if you ever saw that movie, World War Z with the zombies, and when they're in Israel and they got that wall and they're just like slamming up against the wall, pile, all those zombies just lining up. That's what we're up against with this taxpayer dollar crap. And these people are self-righteous Don Quixotes, man. They're not just like kind of into it. They're like self-righteous, man. They're like, oh, man, the fucking Republicans raided Social Security. My God. We got to become Sancho Panzas. And I mean, in mass, we should get hats that say I'm Sancho Panza. You know, learn MMT. Modern monetary theory for those who don't know what MMT stands for. See, when you understand that the government literally doesn't have money at all, never has money, it literally is like the creator of the money. 
So it says, hey, guys, what do we need? I don't know. What do we need? Well, we got this bill here for $5 trillion. Oh, okay. Go ahead and write the bill, pass it on, and send it on over. President signs it into law. Money is created, Article 1, Section 8. Money being an inch, a unit of measure. Remember this. They've created it, the authorization for that money. Now the Federal Reserve, with some dude named Biff, so it's her keystroking dollars into accounts. Money creation, dude, man. Not printing presses. Keystrokes. No, da, 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 da. Not, hey, man, do we need some more money in the system? Let me go ahead and devalue the dollar, man. Debasing the dollar. Don Quixote at play here. Debasing the free-floating fiat currency, dude. Like, I'm so cool. I'm debasing the currency, man. I'm, like, debasing it totally, dude. Like, I'm so cool, dude. Girls like guys with skills, you know? That kind of shit. Don Quixote, glorious Don Quixote moments. You can just see this, can't you? Don't you like, don't you feel shame when you see that? I mean, like, I feel like embarrassed that people do this stuff still. I look at them and I shake my head and I just go, there but by the grace of God go I. There but by the grace of God go I. But those things are keystroked. And guess what? You're sending your tax bills in. Hey, man, I've got to pay $10,000 in tax. The IRS is going, oh, my God, the United States government's broke. If we don't get your $10,000, we won't be able to pay for health care. We won't be able to pay for student debt. We won't be able to pay for, oh, well, we can pay for war. I'm sorry. No, no, that's not important. But we can't pay for anything. No roads, no schools, no books, no computers, no internet. We can't do anything. But you know what that fucking dollar did when the IRS received it? The IRS looks over it and goes, huh, okay. They keystroke into the th deposit and it takes down money. It, it literally decrements money from the, from the treasury. That's it. It wipes out reserves. Does nothing else. They don't collect it. There's not some fat. Imagine Breaking Bad style. You got the fat stacks of cash. No. I mean, my grandmother used to have these pennies laying around. I joke around about them. The hay pennies, the buffalo nickels, all that stuff. Nah, man. When they receive that shit, it's deleted. Voila, poof, gone. Same thing with your social security dollars, Don Quixote. Same thing with your social security dollars. But just like I said, Article 1, Section 8 gives Congress the power of the purse here. You guys keep thinking that because Congress wrote a law that somehow or another the dude with the fingers on the keyboard, he is somehow or another the Rothschild-inspired minotaur that Don Quixote is going to go run off and fight. Oh, my God. Hey! Poncho, come forth! We gotta fight the Rothschilds! Why do we have to fight the Rothschilds, sir? Because the Rothschilds own the Federal Reserve! Fucking buffoonicus! Maximus! Split-fingered waste person! Loser! Right? I mean, this is Don Quixote at play. Oh my God, like totally dude, like if we don't end the Fed, man, like totally dude, like 
Like, I don't even know, man. Like, totally. Like, totally and shit, man. Like, radical, dude. Dun, da, 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 da. The fact is, the Federal Reserve is a boring-ass place. They can control one real thing. I mean, they control some investments and shit like that. And you know what? When you put neoliberals in charge of monetary policy, they do neoliberal things, right? It's kind of like put your glasses on and you just see a fucking weenie with a pocket protector. But you take them off and all of a sudden they're like this, the beast, the octopus surrounding it. It's the Jews. It's the Jews. All the other things these morons say. The Jews. Think about what I'm saying. Put it all together. Start really putting this shit together. Every time you want to get something passed, you already know you're up against a corrupt Congress. You already know that. You already know that you're up against political parties that have no interest in serving your needs. You already know that. You already know that the deep state and all the other actors in the mix are in on the gig and they're going to go ahead and confuse you with lies. You already know that. So why in the world do we spend more of our time debunking and demystifying the shit for our own tribe? Why? Because propaganda is a hell of a drug. And Don Quixote's are friggin' multiplying. They're multiplying. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what we're up against. The zombie horde. So when you go to talk about Medicare for all, these knuckleheads are so based. I mean, they don't get that what we're talking about here at the federal level, which is where the winners play, okay? The federal level, which is where the winners play as opposed to the losers, the winners play at the federal level. And they understand that if the federal government creates money every time it spends, that maybe we don't even have to raise taxes to provide Medicare for all, unless you're trying to do it at the state level, and then you'd be a split-fingered waste person or a neomaxi zindweeby, right? You'd be Mr. Don Quixote. Another Don Quixoteism. Let's do it state by state. Poncho's got to come through there. Say, no, boss, man, if we... Guys, listen, man, if we do it here, we got to pay through the nose and then every thug looking around is going to point and say, see, my hard-earned tax dollars paying for your bad decisions. You need to stop smoking. You need to stop having sex. You need to stop this, stop that, stop the other. Because damn it, every one of your bad decisions is costing me more money from my taxes. Instant slammo, instant whammo, instant fuck you, no health care, instant useless, worthless loser, okay? And this is the shit that we are fucking up against. We're up against this shit. Why? Why are we up against this? Because every Tom, Dick, and Harry across the alt-media thing doesn't understand economics, so they go with the Don Quixote's because Don Quixote's pretty badass dude. He's got great stories to tell, probably a decent uh, Parcheesi player, might even be a decent golfer. I don't know. I don't know. I've never played golf with Don Quixote. Truth be told. But I spend a lot of time trying to debunk Don Quixote because I am literally Sancho Panza personified. I got a big fat belly and I'm pretty kind of, you know, yuck, yuck local. Hell, I'm in central Pennsylvania. I'm not even in a decent, cool city. So I'm definitely Sancho, right? 
Sancho Panza. But if you understand what I'm saying, if you think about what Medicare for All really would do at the federal level, what you're talking about is a deflationary event. You're talking about eliminating all the extra effort, all the extra GDP that goes into denying you service. All of that bullshit that's meant to keep you from getting healthcare is gone. Now you've got one place and that place is not meant to deny you healthcare because ultimately the federal government doesn't give a shit. It just pays money. Unless, of course, you go with the next Don Quixote thing, which is the national debt. Now all of a sudden they're going to strap you with the national debt. But let's stay with healthcare for a minute. If it's deflationary, that means probably going to lower GDP. It's going to probably cost us some jobs because a lot of the jobs that are there are just bullshit pushing paper from one side of the desk to the other. Some bullshit jobs, Graber style, soul sucking, useless jobs meant to harm people. Okay. So these jobs, which we fight tooth and nail to keep around because job creators rock. They're fucking beast mode, right? The job creators. Let's have ourselves an insurance company that the people that come to work, you hear me, brother? These people come and they talk and what they do is they deny you service. That's what I'm talking about, brother. We got to keep that in place. We got to keep it in place, right? All that GDP, all those extra uh, bills, all those extra jobs that you're losing right there become deflationary. The cost of doing healthcare becomes less, much less. And all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a minute, why were we going to raise taxes to pay for Medicare for all? It's deflationary. It needs a tax cut, baby. Woohoo. Now think about this. Hmm. Hey, Republicans. Hey, Rubicons. Neocons. Hey, you fascist right wing fucks. Taxes don't fund spending, so that means healthcare is going to be cheaper. It's going to cost you less in taxes. I tell you, I'm on your side here. Fuck these lefties, and I'm a lefty. Fuck these people that don't understand that. Let's go. Let's make some healthcare. Watch Republicans jump on that like a freaking, I got a million analogies. I'll let you fill in the blank. You see what I'm saying? But my God, they're bankrupting the treasury. If they cut taxes, they're going to bankrupt the treasury. Bill Clinton was such a good guy. He had a surplus. Don Quixote. Hey, guys, I hear there's a Don Quixote sighting in the Democratic Party. It's not just the Democratic Party, man. Even socialists stack that way too, dude, because they're still thinking we're on the gold standard. Fuck! Don Quixote, brother, wake up. We got off the gold standard in 1972, man. Tricky Dick took us off the gold standard when he ended the Bretton Woods Accord and stopped the convertibility to gold. Holy shit, what happened? We're on a sovereign free-floating fiat currency, Don. What? Sovereign free-floating fiat currency? What does that mean? Sovereign, the country creates it out of thin air by decree. Fiat, by decree. By decree of Congress, Article 1, Section 8. Free floating means that it's not pegged. It's on the market. It fluctuates in value out there in the FX world. But here, homie and local, guess what it means? Nothing. It means dick. It means the country can spend whatever it wants and buy whatever it wants for things that are available for purchase in U.S. dollars, period. It can never go broke, period. 
I don't give a shit what story you tell me from the gold standard era. I don't care if you go back to 1933 and say the government defaulted on its gold and it went bankrupt. Fuck you. Shut up. Don Quixote. But the creature from Jekyll Isles coming and biting my toes under the bed. Don't open the closet. The creature from Jekyll Isles in there. So Sancho's like, boss, what do we do, man? You're crazy. What are you thinking? The fuck are you thinking? Well, we are going to take down the serpentine octopus that is known as the Federal Reserve, and we're going to take down uh, fucking the Rothschilds. Rothschilds! Right? What are we going to do, boss? Are we going to put some soap in the fucking shower and let him slip on a bar of soap and hopefully Amshel Rothschild dies? Is that just what we're going to do? Are we going to get to the butler? Are we going to poison his Earl Grey? What are we going to do, boss? Don Quixote. Well, we're going to come up with a plan. Poor Sancho. That poor guy. He has been running around cleaning up shit from freaking knuckleheads forever, hasn't he? Folks, the United States government, the Australian government, the UK government, the Russian government, the Chinese government, the Japanese government, the Canadian government, they all own their unit of account. They all are kings and queens of their unit of account, which is their dollar, yen, yuan, remnibi, whatever the fuck ever, pound. But, 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 central banks, but, but, but. Shut up. But, but Don, don't we want to save the world? Don't we want to save the world? Don't we want to give them free health care? So imagine a Green New Deal. Imagine a federal job guarantee. Imagine health care for all. Imagine free college for all. Imagine universal daycare. Imagine shelter as a right. Imagine universal basic needs, universal basic services. Fuck a UBI, because that's more Don Quixote shit. A UBI will save the day, because that piece of paper is the way. No, hey, it's me, Pancho, again. Hey, Sancho. Hey, hey, Don. It's not the money that's the problem, Don. It's the real resources, Don. Stop getting caught up in the inches and pounds, Don. We don't need to give them more inches and pounds. We need to give them the real resources. We need to give them the home. We need to give them the schooling. We need to give them the health care. We need to give it to them. It's not free. It's part of being a human being. Because that's what the government is put there to do. It's supposed to do that. The Constitution. All of our paperwork says these things. Ah, in name only, right? In name only. I love it, but Alex Jones said exactly. But think about it. how many Don Quixotes do I see? One, two, three, that's me. No, Robert Reich. What a fucking bozo. The little leprechaun. Hey, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Don Quixote all the way. The little cherub, Paul Krugman, another cherub, another liar, another Don Quixote. 
And these fuckers, the worst part about them is they're not just delusional. They actually know the truth. They know you don't. And so they're playing on the very, very real nature of Don Quixote and each of us, hoping and praying that the Don Quixotes of the world live to keep us distracted, to keep us from ever carpe diem, to keep us from ever breaking free. I want you to understand Don Quixote, sadly, is a cautionary tale of what we've been up against for the last 50 years and longer. Social Security, your dollars didn't go into some account and they just sit there waiting for the future for you to take it out. It's a ledger that says, yep, they paid, yep, they paid, yep, they paid. Dollars are deleted just like every other tax. I'm sorry, Peter Pan, Count Chocula, grow up. Pimps from Oakland, whatever. Sorry, Don Quixote. See, Don Quixote didn't want to hear from Sancho Panza. Sancho Panza must have been beat red at the end of it all, pleading with this knuckle sandwich. People laughing at them as they're going on their next journey. I think it's time that you all understand that the MMT story that we talk about isn't just some sort of a, a weird, funky, accounting, academic thing. It's your get out of jail free card. It's your getting rid of the Don Quixote in you, eliminating Don Quixote from the mix. What's that drug they give people when they're tripping balls and they like shoot them up and they like all of a sudden stop tripping balls? I can't remember, but it's like that. It's one of those things that starts the heart again. It's one of those things that, well, it just makes you human, right? I mean, this is like Plato's allegory of the cave. I mean, can you imagine seeing light up at the top and you're crawling up the ladder don quixote's at the bottom say don't go up there oh my god there's demons and dragons and everything don't go up there sasha's like yeah but there's food up there man there's there's water there's what do you mean don't go up there it's scary Don climbs right the fuck out of the cave and he's like well fuck man this is paradise what the fuck was he thinking about that's Don Quixote at work right there. It's my hope. It's my uh, Narcon. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> I thought this would be a fun story to tell, and I've had more fun telling it probably than you've had listening to it. But this is what I feel like every time people trot out these stories of the Rothschilds and trot out stories about the private Federal Reserve, Don Quixote sighting. Every time. And every time you see all the, the A-list alt-media people bringing on the state-by-staters and not bringing on us national folks, ignoring our comments, but bringing them on, I say Don Quixote. I said, Jesus, Lord of mercy, we are still infiltrated, swallowed up by Don Quixote everywhere. 
Every time Richard Wolf tries to tell a story of MMT, I say, Don Quixote, brother. I see you. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mr. Wolf. But everybody loves him because everybody loves a good Don Quixote. That's the problem. When you don't know your ass from your elbow about MMT or macroeconomics, you say things that are stupid. Verifiably stupid. But see, here's the problem. I agree with what he says 99.9% of the time. I agree with what most of the other ones say 99% of the time. That's a huge windfall, but it's that 1%. It's that 1%. Robotron, when you're going through the lane and you're just up against the wall, you're like right up against the wall. Veggie tails, veggie tails, veggie tails, veggie tails, broccoli. Right? Is that what you're talking about? I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Ultimately, taxes serve a purpose. They do. They serve as the obligatory obligation, the obligation that need, makes you need that currency. That's it. They can be used to stave off inflation by putting off purchasing power or they can be reduced to enhance purchasing power. But ultimately, it is a matter of policy to decide whether we want a strong dollar or a weak dollar, and there's different versions and different reasons for why you might want that at any given time. Let me give you another Don Quixote story before I wrap up. In World War II, I know, you know, Uncle Joey, he was the one that won you know, the, the world war, you know, he was the one that beat the Nazis. I got it. All right, cool. Moving on. So for the U.S.'s part, okay, the U.S. had every factory cranked to the nth, man. Every resource in the United States during World War II was ramped up to 110%, man. Folks were literally working more hours than they had time to work. I mean, they were just dead, but they were making money. And as they were making money, there was nothing to buy because everything was honed towards the war machine. So what happens if you have a bunch of demand but no real resource to buy? Think about Alan Greenspan said to Paul Ryan when they were talking about privatizing Social Security. He was like, wouldn't it make it more solvent if we have private Social Security accounts? Greenspan said, no. The issue is always can we create an economy where the real resources and goods for sale are available. So in World War II, what did they do? They realized everybody had money and nothing to spend it on. There was no goods and services available. So what did they do? They started the war bonds. They say, support the war, support the war, buy war bonds. Did you think those war bonds funded the war? Are you still Don Quixote? No. Those war bonds were there to take money out of the economy, like a tax, but a temporary one, okay? Until the real resources came back for domestic production. And that, my friends, is what the real story is. But the knuckleheads that don't know any better thought that that 90% tax or whatever at the time was paying for the war machine. After all, that's how we afforded it then. Don Quixote lives. Don Quixote. Come on, Sancho, let's take on the world. 
But in reality, what did they get? They got some interest on their bonds. And when they matured, 20 years, 10 years, whatever the length of time they were, they got interest back. And hopefully that money was in play during a time where domestic production was up so people could have the goods and services they wanted. And what happens when supply chains break? Goods and services become scarce. So what happens to the few goods and services available? Well, tradition says prices will go up because there's a bidding war for those scarce resources. So just remember, every time you hear something about taxes paying for something at the federal level, you're having a Don Quixote moment. It's up to you whether you're going to be Sancho Panza or whether you're going to be just one of the herd animals in there. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I-, I don't ever want to be that guy ever. I mean, it's to me, there's very few things in this world more embarrassing than people talk about their hard-earned tax dollar. I literally, I probably shouldn't even say what I feel when I hear him say it because you'll probably dislike me more than you already do for making fun of Don Quixote. You're probably your hero. Okay. But the reality is, uh, you know, I'm pretty much laughing at them the whole time. I'm pretty much mocking them inside there, but by the grace of God, go I, because there was a time when I didn't know this shit either, which is why I understand the mind, not only of the teabagger, the Republican, but also the dodo bird Democrat that thinks I want to high ground everyone and tell everyone I'm not afraid to pay more for healthcare so everyone else gets it. I'm not afraid. It's a good thing. Wouldn't you pay more so everyone can have it? See, it's this, you know, high ground moralization Don Quixote burger. It's founded in ignorance. And we need to eradicate that ignorance if we're going to ever make progress. That's the tough part. You got to realize this is not just something to kind of think about. Read The Deficit Myth by Stephanie Kelton. Read Bill Mitchell's book, Reclaiming the State. Read Warren Mosler's book, Seven Deadly Innocent Frauds. Check out my fucking podcast, Macro and Cheese, for fuck's sake. There's 0% Don Quixote in my podcasts. I assure you, you're getting a full course meal of nothing but the goods. Why is that? Because I don't wake up in the morning thinking, how can I fuck around and mislead people? My goal is to spread truth wherever I can by any means necessary. And if I have to break out a Sancho Panza storyline or a Don Quixote storyline, you better believe I'll do it. Hell, I'll wear a clown suit if it'll make you listen to me. So just trust me when I say this. This is one of the most important issues you can face because every one of these issues, we all agree, we all agree, we all agree, and then all of a sudden, some knucklehead starts talking about taxpayer dollars, and it goes wrong from there. It ends. That's the dead end. Or some loser brings up the Rothschilds, some absolute neo-maxi Zunjweeby brings up the fucking private Federal Reserve or some other creature from Jekyll, fuck you, okay? 
And that right there is why we never have nice things. Executive order one 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 zero. Never heard of it before. Sancho to the rescue. All right. With that, I'm Steve Grumbine. We have a macro and cheese podcast coming out this Saturday morning at 8 a.m. I mean, you listen to it anytime. It's not like a live recording. It's just released at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's going to be on the e-cash bill with Ron Gray. And believe me, it's called the e-cash bill act. But let me just tell you, it's so much more than that. It's a history of digital and it's the history of modern fiat. It's incredibly detailed deep dive that you won't want to miss. And let me also tell you, as if that's not enough, tomorrow night I will be doing my show, Let's Get Ready to Grumble, over at Status Quo also, Thursday nights, 5 p.m. We also have Sundays. Luke Parcher goes on at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay? We've got a lot of really kick-ass shit going on around here. I hope you check us out. With that, let me see if I can get us out of here because it's that time, and I'm hoping that you guys will understand that the elbow of truth is being brought on Don Quixote, not Sancho Ponce. I'm out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.